Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Course in Miracles podcast. Shout out again to Anton. Thanks for shooting me that Facebook message today. Really appreciated it. Shout out to all of the people who I know are listening. <clears throat> Shout out to Mary. Shout out to Greg. I think you're listening. Shane, are you listening? I'm not sure. Ellen, shout out to Ellen. Shout out to all my amazing friends uh, who are tuning in. And I had a little ego. I had a little wrestling match with my ego today. There was this woman who I had my Course in Miracles book out and at the coffee shop. And the woman who's the cook there, she walked by me and said, oh, you're reading A Course in Miracles. I love that book. Marianne Williamson's a great author. And um so, you know, there was a part of me that wanted to be like, Marianne Williamson did not write The Course in Miracles. She's just a minister, just like me. And then I came in with, well, I'm, I actually have A Course in Miracles podcast. And it was like, right, it like went right over her head. And I think maybe, you know, what was going on with her was she was seeking a little common ground. The, the book, I'm assuming that she was referring to the the book, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, which is the, um, it's just her thoughts on A Course in Miracles, reflections on A Course in Miracles. It's the book that made her famous. And many people think that Marianne Williamson wrote Course in Miracles. And so I'm not sure, I mean, but if you were to hold the book side by side there, they don't look anything alike, Course in Miracles, that the book is thousands of pages long. It's at least maybe 1,200, 1,300 pages long. And, you know, Return to Love is a couple hundred pages maybe. So if you're noticing, you, can, might, you might hear my righteousness <laughs> creeping up. You might hear my um, propensity to um, relate to people as morons for not being as smart as I am or as learned as I am. Um, that is my ego. So my ego wanted to correct her. Let me tell you, my ego really had something to say about her ignorance. I'm a minister just like Marianne Williamson is a minister. But I just kind of nodded politely, said, hey, thanks. And I preserved the re relationship as barista patron and barista cook intact. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to course correct myself. Um, which it's awkward when we have to course correct ourselves. It's, you know, in the 12 steps, the 10th step is um, continue to take personal inventory. So we're constantly looking at ourselves. And when we were wrong, we promptly admit it. And you want to avoid that 10th step at all costs. Course in Miracles says that when you, <clears throat> says we will be, you know, gently corrected or gently guided back um, when, when our egos slip up and, it's still uncomfortable. It's, you know, I had this person, I made a comment on Facebook today that this uh, person deemed as inappropriate, um, not really inappropriate, but I don't even want to go so far as to say in bad taste. It offended them a little bit. And um, they sent me a message and they let me know about that, that, hey, I didn't think that that was very respectful. I didn't obviously mean anything by it. I am a person, um, if you know me, I may have said a disrespectful thing or two on Facebook over the years. It's been quite some time since I have now, with the exception of the example I'm giving right now. Um, 
I wasn't being combat. I used to be pretty combative and that's just the ego wanting to be right. I've heard it said very often, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I wanted to be right a little too much, particularly during that stretch of COVID that we experienced, that initial stretch of COVID. I'm going to leave that out of this podcast. But um, you can hear me ramble on about that in the other podcast, the Magic Pisces podcast, all you want. You have to go back through the old, find, find the older episodes though, or, or better yet, don't. Anyway, um, so, you know, I got this little message, hey, that seemed a little disrespectful. And so I just immediately apologized. I, I, didn't, um, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. I, I apologize, and that apology was accepted. And we're good. And I think that the, sometimes the only way that we learn or the only ways that we grow are we go a little too far. We, we maybe say that thing in a moment of jubilation, and then as soon as we say it, we realize that maybe we shouldn't. And you can tell by or judge by the reaction of those around you that perhaps it was the not right thing to say. And all, all you can do there, the only thing you can do there is apologize. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. That's like a good spiritual, that's, that's the... The, the spiritual significance of an apology. An apology is spiritually significant. This, um, you know, like the, 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 um, completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, these universal spiritual principles, very, very simple. You know, the, the, the simplicity and the power and the significance of a simple apology the spiritual significance of not retaliating on, in, on the road when someone flips you off or cuts you off, someone cuts you off and there's the propensity to react from the ego. And I'm going to, there's something about being inside of a car and being on social media. They're, they're very similar. We, we believe that we're safe inside of our cars or in social media to just say whatever to whomever, to lay on that horn and cast out the middle finger. Now, I'm from Chicago, and I also live in Southern California. I live in a pretty nice part of Southern California, but you know there are there there are gang members everywhere. Um, Southern California is kind of like you know it's it's one of the more popular gang areas of the entire world is Southern California, and so I'm really conscious of that sort of thing. Um, I'm really conscious of being as respectful as I can to everyone that I can, and I try to avoid that course correction, right? I try to avoid that 10th step. Sometimes you mess up, but that's, for me, that's reason, I don't know how I ended up on this gang, gang tangent, but that's reason enough for me to respect someone's humanness from inside my car or on social media. You never know. You, sometimes we don't know who these, we don't know who these people are always on social media. If you're a social media person, you don't, you don't know who uh, we might be offending um, when we are disrespectful of others. And again, sometimes the only way that we learn is by, is to, is, is by going a little bit too far. And then others will hopefully gently correct us. There's a part in The Course in Miracles that talks about uh, being gently, gently corrected. And, um, you know, with the barista today, or the, the cook at the coffee shop, I, I avoided that. But then with this other person, maybe I went a little too far, but I, you know, I, was, I corrected it, and hey, 
That's all you can do. Apologies are, when they're sincere, I think that they help us grow. Um, they, at least don't, they at least don't stunt us. So, again, um, thank you to everyone. And we're just going to, we're in the holy lessons, the holy lessons. I just call them the holy, they're just the holy lessons to me. That's not what they're like referred to universally, universally in Course in Miracles circles. I just refer to them as the holy lessons. And yesterday was my holiness blesses the world. And it's, I mentioned yesterday that it's, it's Course in Miracles stuff happens when you're cruising around. So I'm just cruising around. My holiness blesses the world cruising around, my holiness blesses you, uh, Tasha, or my holiness blesses you, Bill, my holiness blesses you, long lost cousin, and you just kind of have fun with it, just have fun uh, adhering to these principles, and we're going to get into, um, I think in the 40s, coming up here in the lessons in the 40s, they're the, um, like the God is the love lessons. God is 11, which I forgive you. Like kind of like a lot of forgiveness lessons, a lot of forgiveness work. Once you've done them, <clears throat> excuse me, done them for a while, they kind of, they kind of blend. They sort of all blend together. That's one of the things I'm noticing with me is it's just becoming this almost like a thought language in my head that kind of follows you around. The coolest thing is when you have a Course in Miracles moment where the Holy Spirit just kind of comes in when you're in the middle of a in the middle of a, an interaction and almost like high or even, even like a situation and almost like hijacks your thinking. I was, I have this electric skateboard thing and it's not, not an inexpensive piece of machinery. And, um, I revved it. I, I was going to go take it for a nice long ride the other night and I turned it on and it was broken. And I know that repair jobs on these things are not necessarily a simple endeavor. And, I was angry. I was pissed off. Like, oh, and then immediately just this thinking came in. I could see peace instead of this. And I was like, whoa. And I had to apply a little bit of effort, but then it just became more and more natural. So really great stuff, this Course of Miracles. Um, if you were to get into the work of Dr. David Hawkins, which I, who I've mentioned uh, many times and who I will continue to mention uh, many more times, he calibrates Course in Miracles, the actual course that we were doing, these 365 daily lessons that he calibrates that at the level 600, and 600 is the point at which a person crosses from non-duet, from the, the, gets closer and closer to enlightenment. Level 600 is a level of, I believe it's the level of, uh, like the lowest level of enlightenment. So, um, this stuff is not a joke. This Course in Miracles provides a structure inside of a which we can potentially achieve enlightenment. And enlightenment isn't really something you achieve. That's not the right way. That's for lack of a better way of putting it. But um, again, not a joke. When you forgive that person instead of curse them or when you just let it go instead of you know, chasing that person who cut you off down in traffic to the parking lot where they end up when you, when you, which I hope none of you would do that even without Course of Miracles. But um, when we make these higher, these higher choices um, versus the, the lower ones, we evolve spiritually and our lives become easier. As I mentioned yesterday, there's, this is merely a structure inside of which we can surrender our will and our lives over to God. The 12 steps are another one. And, um, Let's move on with lesson 38. This is one of my all-time favorite lessons. Um, 
There is lesson 38. There is nothing my holiness cannot do. Listen to this whopper of a first sentence. Your holiness reverses all the laws of the world. It is beyond every restriction of time, space, distance, and limits of any kind. Your holiness is totally unlimited in its power because it establishes you as a son of God at one with the mind of his creator. Through your holiness, the power of God is made manifest. Through your holiness, the power of God is made available. And there is nothing the power of God cannot do. Your holiness then can remove all pain, can end all sorrow, and can solve all problems. So not some. So as your holiness can't solve some problems, it can solve all problems. It can do so in connection with yourself and with anyone else. It is equal in its power to help anyone because it is equal in its power to save anyone. I want to read the sentence before that again. It can do so in connection with yourself and with anyone else. So anyone you happen to be thinking of. So in other words, prayers are very powerful. And as it says in the principles of miracles at the beginning of the text, prayer is the medium of miracles. If you are holy, so is everything. If you are holy, so is everything God created. You are holy because all things he created are holy. And all things he created are holy because you are. In today's exercises, we will apply the power of your holiness to all problems, difficulties, or suffering in any form that you happen to think of in yourself or in someone else. We will make no distinctions because there are no distinctions. In the four longer practice periods, each preferably to last a full five minutes. So the previous lessons were like three to five minutes, and this is preferably a full five minutes. So again, we're ramping up. As I mentioned before, I don't think the daily time commitment is ever more than 30 minutes. So in the four longer practice periods, each preferably to last a full five minutes, repeat the idea for today, close your eyes, and then search your mind for any sense of loss or unhappiness of any kind as you see it. Try to, make a little, try to make as little distinction as possible between a situation that is difficult for you and one that is difficult for someone else. Identify the situation specifically and also the name of the person concerned. Use this form in applying the idea for today. So, in the situation involving blank, in which I see myself, there is nothing that my holiness cannot do. So, in the situation involving not having any money in the bank to pay my rent, there is nothing my holiness cannot do, right? And then the, the one below that says, in the situation involving so-and-so, in which so-and-so sees himself, there is, no, no, there is nothing, rather, my holiness cannot do. So in the situation involving my friend, you know, with cancer, in which they find themselves in this hospital bed, there is nothing my holiness cannot do. So again, we don't want to set this up to be some sort of high hopes type of a thing. We are just creating awareness around our own holiness. Now, I have had, I mean, just incredibly trippy experiences with Course in Miracles stuff. When you adjust your thinking, God does what God's going to do. So again, very powerful stuff. So to reiterate how the lesson goes, in the situation involving blank in which I see myself, there is nothing my holiness cannot do. So 
in the situation involving this pain in my foot. There's nothing my holiness cannot do. Right? In the situation involving Susie Q, in which she sees herself involving the pain in her foot, there's nothing my holiness cannot do. So from time to time, you may want to vary this procedure and add some relevant thoughts of your own. You might like, for example, to include thoughts such as, there is nothing my holiness cannot do because the power of God lies in it. So you kind of get, the Holy Spirit is allowing us to improvise here a little bit, right? So introduce whatever variations appear, appeal to you, but keep the exercises focused on the theme there is nothing my holiness cannot do. The purpose of today's exercises is to begin to instill in you a sense that you have dominion over all things because of what you are. So in the frequent shorter applications, apply the idea in its original form unless a specific problem concerning you or someone else arises or comes to mind. To you or someone else arises or comes to mind. In that event, use the more, speci the more specific form in applying the, the idea to it. So we're going to take four five-minute um, study sessions. Sorry, they're not, they're not study sessions. We're, gonna, we're going to apply the lesson or do the lesson uh, four, four times for five minutes apiece right, throughout our day, and the lesson is there's nothing my holiness cannot do. So in the situation involving my bad heart, there's nothing my holiness cannot do. Now, I don't know if you guys are setting a timer when you do this, um, but five minutes, it's kind of, it's, it seems sometimes to be a rather long time. So it's a very significant amount of time that we are committing to adjusting our thinking, right? So 20 minutes in a day when you're doing four five-minute sessions, four five-minute lesson applications, that's, that's 20 more minutes than most people in the entire world will intentionally commit to shifting their thinking. So that's the four five-minute applications. And then there's the when we're cruising around, right? So in the situation involving that guy who just cut me off in traffic and now I'm very angry, there's nothing my holiness cannot do. It was really amazing when I was doing yesterday's lesson. I was, my holiness blesses the world. And I would close my eyes and I would say, my holiness blesses you. And I would just wait for someone to populate my consciousness. My holiness blesses you, Robin. My holiness blesses you, Greg. My holiness blesses you, Mom. My holiness blesses you, brother. Right? And... Again, fun stuff. Have fun with it. I personally like to relate to it as fun. Um, <clears throat> you're allowed to, of course, relate to it as a very serious spiritual adjustment if you are so empowered to do so. But <clears throat> humor is of God. I believe God is, I could certainly see how people would argue back with this, but God is, uh, I think God is kind of lighthearted. And I can't explain why the horrific things that happen in the world do happen other than uh, you just attribute that to the ego. That is one person, one being insisting on being right at the expense of all else. You could see this playing itself out in the political scene all the time and the world suffers. But we, as the miracle 
workers have an opportunity to sort of interject ourselves into the mayhem and create a real difference in the world. Thanks again for listening. There is nothing your holiness cannot do. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.